I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio, and we are bringing you our first regular season podcast. That's right, we have had real, actual hockey, and we're going to break it all down for you uh, right now. Flyers in the first three games throw up that picket fence, 1-1-1, one, one, and, one. and uh, you know, things are looking... Uh, mixed reviews. Mixed reviews so far. Some good, some bad. But overall, I'm encouraged. My name is Bill Matz. I will be your director of fun and games for the evening. With me tonight is my panel, starting with, well, I gotta start with Charlie O'Connor, because I'm pretty sure the women are still oogling Joe Thornton and Brent Burns walking around topless. We stopped that minutes ago, Bill. Thank you. <laughs> Full minutes. Charlie O'Connor, how are you tonight? Doing good. I'm so glad we picked Knock Knock. The only thing that could have been better would have been if we would have brought back the mops. Oh, <laughs> no. no! Charlie, that would have been much, much worse. <laughs> that NPR voice you just heard was Kelly Hinkle. Hello, friends and colleagues. <laughs> Last but not least, my broadcast partner in crime, Steph Delicious D. Steph Driver. I feel like I need to let all of the Philadelphia media know Dave Hackstall from University of North Dakota. Carson Wentz from North Dakota State. There are two schools in North Dakota. Why? Oh, big if true. It, it is big if true. Why Their are there population two can't be more than like 44 people in that state. Well, half go to one, half go to the other. All right. 22 there. in each. There's good class sizes. You're getting a lot of bang for your buck there. And Philadelphia got the two most important people in the state. Yeah. yeah. But if there only are... they could have had Drake Kajula. Caligula? Caligula, I believe Caligula. is how it's I think Bill got that right. I'm pretty sure it's Caligula. No. It's Caligula. It's Caligula. Really? No. Yes. In my head. Caligula is like a whole other thing. It is a whole other thing. We're just going to roll mean, with it. Technically. Um, right. Has he so. even done anything? I, I, don't I have not been following him. Where is he playing? Where is he's, he got? Where is he's he? Edmonton? He's with Edmonton. Oh. But, I don't think, but I don't think he's playing with McDavid, which was apparently the whole reason why he came. Oh. Well... Good job, kid. Well, well, I gotta, well played, sir. Good good, good pick in there, Caligula. Before we get started tonight, uh, i got to thank Wildfire Radio for their hospitality. Remembered the word this week, Steph. I'm so proud of you. Their hospitality and hosting us uh, for right now and maybe forever. Who knows? Maybe. But to start the show tonight, I want to throw it all the way back to a game that feels like it was already a month ago. Friday in L.A., Flyers After Dark. Was it actually still Friday by the time the puck was dropped? I'm was fairly close. certain it was, it was close. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was right around 11. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At least 50th anniversary. It's, it's <laughs> half the league has their 50th anniversary. <laughs> and it's, it, Flyers are going to have one. It's going to be everyone's home opener. But uh, yeah, late puck drop. Really good game, though. It was uh, it was worth the wait. It was an incredible game. Um, anytime that the Flyers beat the Kings, it feels good. They're, if you look at their roster, they don't look like they're a good team, but watching them on the ice, they're still really dominant. I'm talking about the Kings. Yeah. So watching them, watching the Flyers win 4-2 was really incredible opening night. It was a ton of fun to watch, and I didn't think I was going to make it through the whole game, but they made it pretty easy to stay up. Yeah, after a kind of a weak first period, they really turned it on in the second and just kind of blew them out of the water, which is such a shock because... You know, as Steph mentioned, the Kings, while they're not as deep as they were maybe a couple years ago, Sutter's still an amazing coach. Mm. They still drive play as well as anyone at 5-on-5. Five five. They still have Anzi Kopitar. They still have yeah. you know, Dowdy and Muzzin as their top pair. You know, they have high-end talent. And the Flyers, shockingly enough, this wasn't just a game where, you know, in one game, you could get lucky. Maybe your goalie plays really well. Maybe, you, you know, you score on, you know, you, get, you shoot like 20% that day and you win the game but Flyers straight up outplayed them mm-hmm. if, if you look at the you know the advanced metrics 54% score adjusted Corsi in terms of shot attempts of five on five 54% expected goals like they were the better team of five on five easily and 
that's not necessarily, I think, what you really expected going into a game against the Kings. Absolutely not. Who had Boyd Gordon in the first goal pool? Literally no one. <laughs> not a if single did, person. You're lying. Yeah. Boyd yeah. Gordon didn't have Boyd Gordon <laughs> in the pool. Maybe of his course, mom, I was but probably, say, probably probably not, not his mom. Even his no. mom. His mom was like, now nah, it's probably gonna be summer. So of course the guy we expected not to score a goal all year uh opened it up. It was uh and it it was especially it was it was good to see that the the offense got jump started in the first game, four goals in the first game, no points for Drew and Simmons in the first game. It's okay, but you know it was nice. It's great to see. to see that they can do it without them. Yeah, and it was nice to see Couturier open it right up. I think everyone's expecting him to have a good season. Oh, that, and to felt, see him jump right into it, it felt really good. It felt good to like see him get started right away. So like after two games and he's goalless, people aren't freaking out. Like, nope, he got two right away. We can all calm down. <laughs> Talking about freaking out, Ghost took a skate to the face oh in the God. first period. <sighs> he's a man now. Yeah. It's like... Close to his eye, could have taken off his nose, but was fine. Yeah. Some glue slapped on during periods, didn't miss a shift. That man is incredible. Coming to King, you best not miss. He's got a real nice Omar scar now. It's badass. You're really, really trying to make that work, aren't you? I was having a meltdown in the bar. No, if if anything, people are calling him Tyrion Lannister. No one knows what any of that is. Everybody knows what that is except for you. Um, if you don't like The Wire more than you like that Dragons show, uh, your I don't taste know. Is I don't wrong. watch They're both good The Wire. They're both good shows, but Bill's scar, I think, is closer well, to the actual scar. Do you watch Game of Thrones? Yeah. I didn't know that. I do. I didn't know that about you. Yep. Um, learned about Kelly Knight. <laughs> anyway, I had a meltdown about Ghost, and anytime anyone tried to touch any of my large adult sons, <laughs> like Travis Konechny or Ivan Provorov, I had a meltdown in the bar. So watch a game with me. I'm a good time. Uh, I keep hearing that the Flyers, I, I introduce topics now, like like Trump, I'm just going to go, I keep hearing like stuff like, people are saying- How many saying, times have I accused you of being Donald <laughs> that's Trump? That's why I write, that's why I wrote this the way I do. Be, I'm just going to- Sources tell uh, I keep, Yeah, exactly. Uh, I keep hearing that uh, the Flyers got off a little light because of Jonathan Quick. Uh, Quick has had a good career. And he's capable of getting hot and, you know, being on a great team that wins a cup. Is on a nightly basis, is he the kind of goalie that you fear like gives his team a real advantage? Like we used to go into the Devils and think, Yeah, they got Brodor, so it doesn't matter how much better we are than them. Like how many goalies like that are there really anymore though? There's really not that many. No. Two, three, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, I used Price Lundquist and Holpe as yeah. as the uh examples and I honestly was I like can't think anymore? No. Bishop. I mean, because maybe. of last year. Maybe Rass. Yeah. Rask, you know, Not, two years I, ago, yeah. uh, uh, there aren't many of those mm-hmm. dominant, like, real goal, like, number one goalies that you're just like, yeah, we're probably not going to score tonight. But Quick, especially in the regular season. Um, so Quick plays very aggressively. He's got a very aggressive style where he's far out of the crease almost at all times. Um, which terrifies me when he's representing the USA because I think at any point, if anyone has a good enough angle, they're going to beat him. So I don't ever, I don't ever get really nervous that he's no. he's he's going to beat. He the is Flyers super fast, killer. so he's not. He comes way out of his crease and can get back. He's not a guy right. you can beat by racing him to the post. Uh, like you know, if you wanted to score on Briz, just race him to the post. He he wasn't even going to try to get over. Well, but he's, he's super athletic. Yeah. That, that that's the big thing. Yeah, so he makes those ridiculous saves, and, and that's why he's got the reputation. That and obviously the playoff runs. But this is a guy who, if you're just watching highlight reels. And you're just looking at you know the big plays. Yeah. Jonathan Quick is going to amaze you because he's going to have two or three incredible saves that stay in your mind if you're a scout or if you're a fan or whatever. But when you look at the numbers, they're fine. He's he's an above average goalie. He's like, Steve Mason to me. He's a good goalie. He's a nice goalie. No, I I don't think they're I don't think they're far apart. It's funny yeah. you could, I mean Mason's five five on five numbers are better. Yeah, Mason's better, probably better than better. Quicks and Quick is statistically been better on the penalty kill but how repeatable is that is the question quick's fine i i think sometimes stat people kind of go too far with quick and they act like quick is garbage he's not garbage he's a good goalie he's just not an amazing goalie he should not have been playing over Corey schneider in the in the world yeah. that was ridiculous well, <laughs> no according to barry melrose he's the he, 
John Quick's the best goalie in hockey, maybe ever. So that was the most asinine stuff I ever heard with Corey Snyder sitting there. Yeah, that's insane. Why does he get the reputation of being elite? Is it the Cups plus being one one of the only good USA goalies? I think it's the Cups and the eye test because the cup the, okay. the cups of bathing because the first time they won he had an incredible year like statistically it was awesome i think he was like up, up near 930 save percentage and he won the vez and he totally deserved it and then they then they won the cup and he got this reputation of being an amazing goalie but then after that he kind of regressed mm. like his numbers since then i think the next two years were straight up bad and then he bounced back to being fine you know kind of like steve mason regular season yeah. numbers which is is good like i don't want to you can win with that kind yeah, of goalie. I, I don't want to say quick is bad but he's not the top five goalie that some people act like he is and if you're talking about the flyers you know did they dodge a bullet well yeah because he's better than zadkoff but the flyers outplayed the kings even not accounting for goalies the flyers deserve to win this game this wasn't because they played against a team with a crap goalie and just took advantage of it maybe if if quicks in, they win three two rather than four two okay Fast forward to Saturday, the overtime loss at Steph's favorite team, the Coyotes. That's uh, true. Number one Coyotes fan. <laughs> decent game. Uh, fun, fast game. Two young teams. Really, uh, I, I guaranteed somebody recently, I have a beer bet with someone that the Flyers and Coyotes will meet in a Stanley Cup final at some point in the next 10 years. I will have a stroke. <laughs> that is a very long-term bet. Well, Steph, yeah. Steph, what am I doing? doing it all this year, right? I did. <laughs> I did do that. Oops. Uh, the Flyers, Flyers' second night of back-to-backs on the road. Pick up the overtime point. Uh, I don't know. I was happy that they got the point out of it. Really would have liked to start the season off with two wins. But there was some stuff that came out of this game. First of all, Matt Reed, where have you been? I'm sorry, who? Yeah, that guy. Remember I believe, him? I believe it's pronounced meat. Meat. <laughs> meat. Read. I know who Meat, meat. is. <laughs> Did you miss that? I saw the tweet. Oh. Yeah, we're not. Meat, we're not going to let it dad die. Read. Meat. Meat is better. Meat. <laughs> where's Where's that been? Uh, meat. Where's Meat been? No. Before you started <laughs> on this whole tangent about some bad tweet, he was. He's been injured. Yeah. For you know, two years. <clears throat> it hasn't been two years. It was half of one year. And yeah, I mean, he's been in a defensive role. You could say the same thing with Couturier. He's Couturier and Reed have been together in the trenches, trying to fortify the lack of defense on this team. So I now we assumed, actually kind of have a defense. So they're freed up a little. I bit. I just assumed that Reed was dragging Couturier down. Well, now <laughs> they're on separate lines, and they're both scoring, which is amazing. It's it's uh, I couldn't believe that that goal he had, but it was. What, what did we just think of the the Saturday game? It was it was okay. I, I agree with with kind of your sentiment. I thought they outplayed the Coyotes on the whole, and they had some plays that didn't go their way. They had some rulings that didn't go their way, and I think they play that team ten times. They probably win seven. I I, I didn't come out of that game thinking to myself, "Wow, you know." the Flyers might be worse than the Coyotes. They came out of that game thinking the Flyers are better than the Coyotes, and they just didn't happen to get two points in that game. But they played pretty well. At the they, they they won the advanced metric battles of 5-on-5, five five, which is always good to see, They you know to do that the night after you played against the Kings. And you have to remember that this was the Coyotes' first game. So the Flyers are playing back-to-back, second night in a row, on a road trip, playing for the second straight time a team starting out their season. Or not? No, I guess the yeah. Kings were, but it, but they they were they were playing a team that hadn't played yet, so they you would think they weren't dealing with fatigue. So yeah, yeah I, I was satisfied. I would have preferred to see them win, but can satisfied. I ask? Can I just ask a simple question? How are black goalie pads legal? There's absolutely no way that that should be legal. Why? Because you can't see the puck under it. You make a fair point, actually. I don't like them, but I guess. And why, since they are legal, doesn't every goalie have black pads? Because they don't like them. Because maybe they can't see the puck either. That's dumb. Yeah. Here's my question. Why, with all the technology we have in the world, how can we not put a chip in the stupid puck so that we know when it crosses? They they tried it, and then they decided it cost too much money. Yeah, it's Yay, NHL! (laughs) Good job! Yeah. Well done. And this is why they should have been the Vegas Aces. Yeah. Because and they would have sold so many jerseys, the league would be able do to Do they have a it. name yet? 
Yeah, it's, they do, uh, but they haven't announced it yet. Silver Knights or Black Something Knights. Knights. Something Knights, Something but we don't Desert know Desert Knights. Sure. Or Desert, if it's Desert Knights, gold. I'm going to fall over and die because that's terrible. They're all not great. No, but Desert Knights just the seems like Some people worse. call the coyotes the desert dogs, and I'm like, why would, your, why would your nickname be longer than your name? Yeah, that's pretty dumb. Just be the coyotes, you know? The yotes. The yotes. That's, that's dumb, <laughs> that's, too. I think that's, that's what their as, Twitter is. That's almost as bad as like, pens. Mm-hmm. Like... First of all, there First are no. Of all, how is that even bad? There are no penguins in per- Pittsburgh to start off, and then pens. How oh, did we we're, get our here? team is something you write with. There are no penguins in Canada either. How did we so? get here? I don't I, know. I, I, <laughs> we're just, Kelly, we get off topic know, here. This I'm, is what we do. So Konechny had the big first night with two assists, and then comes back with another. On Saturday. Uh, I wasn't done telling you what I thought about the game. In fact, I hadn't even started. <laughs> well, neither did I, but I was just going to let it go. Well, don't let him get away with this garbage. So I was actually like, I was deflated after this. I thought that really? they had, I thought that they had played well enough throughout the entire game. And then it all fell apart like really quick in overtime. And that just sucked. Yeah, and that's fair. But it kind of felt to me like one of those games where it, yeah, it sucks to lose, but it's kind of like, eh, it's an 82-game season. They played okay. Let's just move on to the next one. Yeah, I just wanted... I was so high after I kn- Friday yeah, night. Yeah. And then Saturday, it was just like, well, this yeah. sucks. After Friday, it was like, yeah, 82-0. and, 82 and 0. Is it going to happen? Nope. 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 Right away. More overtime losses. Nah. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so, after the game... We don't even need you to. We really don't. <laughs> after the game... Uh, we'd now had, you know, uh, what's 60 times two? 125 minutes worth of oh, watching almost. because of the overtime. Five extra minutes. ish yeah. <laughs> Was this the game, which was the game that Voracek got like 45 penalty minutes? Uh, this was the game because okay. he got really ticked off because those penalties at the end of overtime were ridiculous. Yeah. They were absolutely asinine. That was... Thanks for using my words. What, was it Voracek or Drew that got the stick ripped out of his hands? Voracek. 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 It got ripped out of his hands and then thrown into the other corner, and he had to go chase after it. And this was right in front of a ref. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that. No, that it's seems, rigged. Seems illegal. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> the whole thing's rigged. Yeah, it is. Uh, so after after that game, we had about 123 or so minutes of Flyers hockey. What are our impressions of the rookies? I love them. So we're, we're cutting this off for just the first just two games. Just the first two, two games. Okay, well, I loved what I saw from Provorov in the first two games. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that Blackhawks performance after, because I want to I put everything in perspective. I thought he was awesome, especially in the Coyotes game. I thought the Kings game, he started out a little slow and then kind of you know worked his way into the game, and by the end, he was looking really good. I thought the Coyotes game, he was fantastic. And it was a classic Provorov game where... You know, he wasn't making the amazing play. He didn't have, I don't believe he had a point in the Coyotes game, but he drove play. I think the Flyers had 66% of the shot attempts when he was on the ice. And Corey Schneider, who does the um, does the microstats, he's a at shutdown line, great follow on Twitter. He posted the microstats for Provorov and all the other Flyers players a couple of days ago. And Provorov had four times somebody tried to go into the offensive zone against him on the rush, and he forced them to dump the puck in each time. And then he had six controlled touches in the defensive zone and created controlled exits on, or eight controlled, eight touches, six controlled exits. Those are great numbers. And that's the kind of play you, you get from him. You get these, you know, these solid plays, you know, force and dump ins, controlled exits, just pushing the play forward. And I came out of that Coyotes game thinking, man, I mean, he's already feeling really comfortable. And then obviously we had the Blackhawks game, but we'll get to that. Charlie's note here is calm as hell. Yep. <laughs> It's true. And I needed to say that out loud. You know, these are notes for me. These are not notes for the general public. Oh, well, (laughs) you made that mistake. Apparently I did. No, it's excellent. Because that's how how I felt, too. Like, he just looked natural. He didn't stick out when you're a defenseman. If you don't stick out, that's good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like a really nice change from the Flyers' defense of the last couple of years, just to have somebody solid. It's fun to watch them, like... Break out, yeah, and not need three attempts, and then eventually just ice it. Yeah. It's it's really fun to watch them do little things now, and you realize. I start to realize personally, as like a guy who gets overcritical sometimes, like freaking Drew, what are you doing? Like I get like that sometimes, and then no, I go, you really, and then I like I watch now, and I go, oh man, he had to do. 
like a lot yeah. to make up for yeah. what this all team couldn't himself. do. Like, yeah. There's so many just Drew all by do. himself. Uh, but speaking of Drew, I'm watching Konechny uh, handle the puck and pass it and like create openings for his teammates to be able to score goals. And is he oh as good of a God. passer as Drew? Like it's unbelievable. It's uh, pretty remarkable. <laughs> Small sample size, sure. Yeah. But like, but the puck leaves his stick, and it it's all of a sudden on someone else's stick, and a really good opportunity to score a goal. I think he sees the ice really well, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm my hair is on fire for this kid. <laughs> it's really tough, in my opinion, to tell the difference between Giroux and Konechny when they're on the power play. Damn. The only difference is is that Giroux is playing with better players in that top sure. unit. But you look at some of the passes, he's threading through to the slot, to the other side of the ice, and you're just like, man, that, that looks like Claude Giroux. It really does. And, I mean, their body types are similar. Like, you could easily just be running past the, past the TV and think, oh, wow, that great pass to the slots from Giroux, and he realizes Konechny. My thing that has blown me away watching Konechny in preseason and now is just his speed. I mean, he immediately, <laughs> looks, oh, so he immediately looks like the fastest guy on this team. And I know we complain about the flyer's speed, but, like, Voracek is a good skater. Like, yep. they have... Gossesburg is obviously a good skater, and Konechny just has this burst in the offensive zone where he he'll can be, just separate from people. He'll be even with somebody in the neutral zone, and then it's like it's going to be a 50-50 puck, and it's like, oh no, he's all alone all of a sudden. When did he have that breakaway? <laughs> Which night was that? I think it might have been the Kings. I, think, I actually think that it may have been. He didn't score on it, but I... Was screaming. I, I, I think it was the Kings, because if I remember correctly, he like separated from Kopitar, who also is not Damn. slow, and he just like took <gasps> I'm off. I'm in love with him. Spe- uh, things that maybe nobody was expecting: Brandon Manning with two assists against the Coyotes. Yeah, what, what? Where did this come well, from? I, and these are this is another one of those I keep hearing. Uh, the internet is telling me Brandon Manning looks good. I refuse to believe it. <laughs> I haven't even heard these things, so I'm just completely blacking out his name, apparently. But Charlie has some more micro stats on him that maybe back up the claims. Yeah, well, he they tar- this was in the L.A. game. They targeted him on the rush eight times, and he forced eight dump-ins. That doesn't happen. I think Gosses Bear, I tracked the games last year, and Gosses Bear was the best on the Flyers at forcing dump-ins, and he, he allowed controlled entries on 40% of rushes. Well, Manning in his first game allowed them on zero. Like, <laughs> I mean, not saying that he's going to yeah, keep this yeah. up, but Brandon Manning came out, especially in the game against the Kings, and just really played well. I mean, he he created the Boyd Gordon goal because he got the, the entry into the offensive zone. He drove the middle lane, opened up the ice, and then there was a drop pass to Gordon, and there was tons of space open in the slot because Manning, who's a defenseman, drove through the middle of the ice and opened everything up. Like, I'm so... I'm so iffy on Manning because he looked so bad at times last mm. year. Sure, yeah. But <laughs> of course. If if you had to if 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 you look at it being like Manning, Schultz or McDonald, Manning to me has upside. Manning's the best and, skater and, and, in that group. And there are things that there are things that I can point to with Manning that he does well. Manning is good in the neutral zone. He may be bad everywhere everywhere <laughs> else. He's good in the neutral zone. Whereas I don't know if I can point to anything that I would say Nick Schultz or Andrew McDonald are good at. Maybe McDonald's a good penalty killer. That's about it. Nick Schultz is good at putting his body in front of the puck. Okay, he blocks shots. I'm just okay. saying, he okay. he will sacrifice his body, and that is the only good thing that I will say about Nick Schultz. I really have been... I'm sorry, Kelly. You're next. I've really been, even, like, even with Nick Schultz's screw-up on that pinch on Saturday... I've overall just really enjoyed the aggressiveness of this team. Uh, it's as if all of a sudden we have a team that can skate, and so the coach has been like, yeah, just get up in their faces, because taking away time and space is how you force turnovers, and turnovers make goals. So um, I think our friend Sam over at the Inquirer today had a piece kind of suggesting... <laughs> our friend Sam. Sammy? Yeah. Sammy. Kind of suggesting that um, when Gudas comes back from his suspension that Manning could be the odd man out. Do we think that's going to be what... What happens there, or what are we thinking there? Yeah, I think it's he probably is. I don't know if he should be. In all honesty, the, the, the defenseman who's looked the worst, to my eyes at least, has been Schultz. But I don't think Schultz is going to leave this lineup, because I think he's... I think they like him too much, and the coaching staff likes what he brings in the penalty kill. They like that they can put him in the defensive zone, and he blocks shots. But, I mean, the thing I'll always go back to with block shots is that if you're 
if you have the puck, you don't have to block shots. And when Schultz is out there, the Flyers don't have the puck that much. That's so true. I'd rather, you know, throw a defenseman out there who maybe doesn't block as many shots, but just doesn't have to block as many shots because they're McDonald's not giving up as many shots. Very dramatic missteps in these first three games. Just a little bit. Andrew McDonald is yeah. Andrew McDonald. He's a liar. His whole game is a misstep, really. There's <laughs> not a lot just, of good. It's it's amazing that this guy is just able to make the money he's making to be bad at his job. Uh-huh. It's unbelievable Thanks, Paul to me. Holmgren. It's yeah, unbelievable to me. The, the one eh, cap friendly, now that general manager is gone, you will see like an uptick in your traffic. And then, about 20 minutes later, you will hear of some sort of uh, disturbance in New Jersey. <laughs> this will be this will be a consistent. This will be consistent every time I go to your website. Then I'm going to throw something through my wall, looking at Andrew McDonald's contract. <laughs> <sighs> so, all the good, all the goodwill of the first two games, three points in two nights, and then we have the Blackhawks. Mm. That was a fun one. Mm, was it? Was I have the well, score for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I have the score wrong here. It was actually seven four. Uh, it was because it was four nothing, and they tied that game. And then they tied it, and then, they then things got bad again. Then yeah. things got real bad. The story of the Blackhawks game was our 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 young our young man Ivan Provorov. He didn't look great. That's maybe an understatement. I but would it's not like his partner say, looked very good either. Yeah, Trey looked bad too. I would even say that the entire team kind of looked like garbage. I think you're onto something. I know. Yeah, you know, I, I watched the sports. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bad game top to bottom pretty much. Yeah. And you know, Provorov, yeah, it was it was not a not a great game. He was directly responsible for at least one goal. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm still in love with him, and everyone has a bad game. Yeah, I, I mean, can't. It's, I can't remember where I saw this discussed. It might have actually been in our Broad Street Hockey Slack chat. Um, kind of the idea that Provorov is going to have these kinds of games as he learns, because he's the kind of defenseman that takes chances, mm-hmm. and that's what we like about him. So we kind of have to deal with these kinds of growing pains with him um, if we're going to see him turn into the player that we want him to be. So do not shrug. P.K. Subban, this guy. Oh, God, no. Could defensemen, we not? Yeah. Defensemen with this kind of game are going to screw up sometimes. Because he fell down doesn't mean he's going to ever fall down again. That stuff well, just kind of... they're playing on ice. No, He'll I probably mean, fall yes, down again. I'm, in that, you know, I saw a... like uh, I've seen... We're going to call it a rookie mistake because he is a rookie and we'll just... Oh, uh, yeah, okay. But... That kind of stuff just happens sometimes. Right, and, and seeing him... It's, oh, it is ice. Yeah, it is, it is ice. Seeing him trip over his own feet and fall down is better than watching Andrew McDonald flail on his stomach trying to stop someone to get by him. <laughs> well, and he was skating backwards, too, yeah. which is not an easy thing to do. I mean, all right, fine. They live on ice and they live on skates, but Andrew McDonald can't stand still and not fall <laughs> down. It's fine. Provorov skates better backwards. Somebody said this, and, and I'm taking it. I don't remember who it was, but Provorov skates better backwards than I walk forwards. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, walk and breathe. Like, it's... He's fine. What I liked... Uh, what I like the most, I'm sorry, I, I have a point to make and then I'll go to Charlie. Uh, you always have a point to make. <laughs> Other I, people want to talk too. What I liked the most about Provorov's game is the coach kept him out there. He ended up playing over 21 minutes, second most on the blue line. I think that shows a lot of confidence in the kid and everyone on the bench is just like, you're here for a reason. Yeah, you're going to have your problems. Play through them. Mm. Yeah, I, my big thing with the game, and it was a bad game. Like anybody that that tries to say that, oh well, he wasn't that bad. No, he was he was bad. Like, yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, let's just let's just agree that he did not have a good game. But I didn't see anything wrong with the process of his game. Right. Like if he would have had, let, let's say he makes that play in the for the first period where he falls over, and then he spends the rest of the game, you know, chipping the puck out to the neutral zone and giving up space in the neutral zone on defense like he's Andrew McDonald, then I would have been worried because then I would have been like, crap, he he made a mistake, he panicked, and now he's playing passive the rest of the game. No, he made more mistakes the rest of the game, but he like his decisions weren't bad. Like he gave up that one turnover 
in the when he was entering in the offensive zone, I think on the sixth goal, where he passed it into the Couturier skates, and then they went back the other way and scored. But like, I want him getting in the rush. Like, I want him creating. Yeah. And it wasn't a bad move to pass it to Couturier. Couturier had an open lane on the left side. It was just a bad pass. Mm-hmm. Like, it was these these were physical mistakes from Provorov. These weren't mental mistakes. They were. He was doing. He was making good decisions. He just wasn't executing. And to me, the decision making is more important than the execution for a nineteen-year-old rookie because the execution should come with repetition. I go ahead, Steph. Oh, okay. Just making sure. Just making sure. <laughs> oh, William. <laughs> now, and the, the game. Uh, I want it. Well, first, I want to ask: Are bad first periods an issue? I think they have been for a while, have they not? I think all of last year we were talking slow about the start. slow starts. Yeah. yeah. This is a slow starting team season-wise, and also it appears just inside of every game. It takes them a little mm-hmm. while to get going. That said... Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Oh, okay. Charlie said that it wasn't a good game. I think any hockey game where there's 11 goals scored, I think it's pretty safe to say not a good game for anybody. I loved it. I was going to say, we're, wow. are we going to talk about this later? Because I have thoughts. Sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I will say, they gave up a goal in the first 56 seconds. Uh, the first 45 seconds, I really enjoyed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everything leading up to that was good. They forced a dump in off the faceoff, broke out, had an opportunity on offense. Hawks cleared, teams changed, Flyers broke out again and gave up and got the puck deep. Then, of course, the Blackhawks, you know, do what they do. Made a long pass, had a rush. Yeah, well, Stray was way up in the neutral yeah. zone. He was and a mess. Patrick Kane decided, you know, wrap around goal. That's mm. what I'm going to do to you. And Provorov was not the only one with a bad game. Michael Neuvert also had a bad game. He didn't look great. No, he looked not very good. bad. It was very bad. Not good. Yeah, that that fourth goal, the the Hosa goal. It was bad, oh, it was very bad. It was holy crap! What are you doing? Bad. It was. This is not the same goalie that played against the Kings. Bad. Bad game. Bad game overall. Bad game. And goal, you know, what? goalies are going to have bad games. And it's funny to me how we're like. Us as a fan base, we're way more accepting of Michael Neuvert having a bad game than we are with Steve Mason yeah, even having a just okay game. God, infuriating. He came in, it was really good. I will Until, say though, you know the three goals. Well, Michael Neuvert, yeah, Michael Neuvert's bad game. He got destroyed by the league MVP from last year and the Calder Trophy winner from the 26-year-old Calder Trophy winner from last year. I think you, so, you flipped those numbers. No, but here's the, here's the thing that always happens is that this is the thing that happens. I know. Michael Neuverth has a bad game and everyone makes an excuse as to why it's okay that he had a bad game. Steve Mason has a bad game and everyone just shits on him for weeks. Unending. It's of course. infuriating. But that's what happens when you're paid like a starter. That's the difference. Michael Neuvert makes under two million. Steve Mason makes over four. So, what happens? Is that really how the Philadelphia fan base decides who they're going to screw with? That is absolutely not salary. I, do. I don't think so. I believe well, it is. You do. Maybe but you, not, but no, that's not what's happening. I, I think. hold people to the standard of what is expected from them. Michael Neuvert is expected to be the backup goaltender. Is he though? Because I read a lot of articles that suggest that we have a goalie controversy, and either one of them could goalie be the starter. Controversy, indeed. <laughs> so. What have we thought of the goalies? I think that it's there's still strong goalies. Everyone has an off game. This was an off game for a lot of people. I still um, think Steve Mason is the clear starting I, goaltender I on this so team. Too. And it's not a question that needs to be asked ever again. Oh, I like that. You put your foot down, I'm Kelly. Gonna. But Charlie's giving not, me eyeballs. What's going on over there? What do you think, Charlie? Char- Charlie's thinking a lot of things. He's got thoughts. <laughs> Unload him, Charlie. Yeah, let's have it. I think Mason's a better goalie. There it but is. That is what I will agree from with. From the I numbers say, guy, folks. I will say Mason is the better goalie. Okay, let him finish. But now. at the same time, I don't like. I don't think the gap is gigantic. I, I think Mason's better. I think Neuver is is also very good and could be the starter with most teams. So I don't see any problem with kind of flip-flopping them and trying to get a, you know, trying to find one guy who gets on a roll. Unfortunately, thus far this year, the Flyers, neither goalie has really gotten on a roll. Neuvert was very good against LA. Mason, I would I would say Mason was okay against Phoenix. I know he gave up four goals, but he made big saves and a mm-hmm. lot of the a lot of the goals he did give up in that game were pretty difficult to stop. Yep. So I'd say he was okay, and then against the Blackhawks, Neuvert was bad, and Mason was okay again. He made a couple really, really big saves, and then he got burned by a couple 
basically unstoppable shots. Who's looked better? I, I mean, I guess Neuvert had the best game out of the three, but I would still hope to see Mason come out there to start the home opener on Thursday just because mm. Neuvert started two games, Mason's only started one. You know, keep keep going back and forth. Wait till you find a guy who has two good games in a row and then roll with them until he starts struggling. Yeah. Why not? I agree. But if you keep going back and forth, how are you ever going to let anybody get hot? Well, I mean, you wait. Like, obviously, if Mason gets a shutout, you roll within the next game. Okay. Why did Neuvert start the home opener? Well, he didn't. The home opener. Uh, the, 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 the regular season yeah, that was, opener. That was weird. Why that did he weird. start game know, one? That was weird. Against the presumably uh, better team, L.A. Charlie, does, does he have better numbers against L.A.? Do you know off the top of your head? I don't know. I, mean, I don't, and, even, and, I don't and, think and, so. And I also think all that stuff is kind of worthless. Yeah. Plus, Mason I'm probably sure. has worse numbers against every Western Conference team because he was terrible in Columbus. Right, yeah. Makes sense. Mason has changed so drastically over the years. I yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a good reason. I'm just trying to understand why maybe. I don't think so. I think I saw something that they were very similar numbers. Neuvert has pretty... Uh, uh, it's 917 to 905. He's, Neuvert has better numbers against uh, L.A., but he also has... Uh, better numbers against Arizona. Yeah, because too. Mason was when he yeah. was in Columbus, it was the Western Conference, and Mason was terrible for four straight years. Yeah, so, so but yeah, you know, uh, it, it was it was just surprising to me because we all I I am of the belief too that Mason is the number one guy, but he didn't start game one and didn't start game three. I assume you're going back t- to Mason for the home opener on Thursday, but I think the decision will be very telling whether Hackstall thinks. All right, let me throw Neuvert back out there. We're rolling with you. Don't worry about that back bad game. Or he goes, uh, we're going to Mason because he's he's been better the most recently. I'm over talking about the goalies. Mason's the starter. Um, How come the other goalie has more starts? I mean, we're three games in. Let's uh, it's it's yeah. three games. Let's it, calm it, down. It is a fair question though because Hackstall, like the the opening night starter, does carry weight in the locker. So I, I, I do agree that it was something of a statement that Hackstall made by starting Neuver. The thing is that everything's so fluid with goalies that, yeah, it was a statement last Friday. Will it be a statement next Friday? No, because then everybody's just going to be like, all right, well, Mason's playing better, so he's a starting goalie. It, it, it was important to a degree, and now it's over. And now we're in the flow of the season, and it's going to come down to who plays better. Yeah. It was just surprising to me because you have back-to-backs and you're obviously going to split them up because it's the first two games of the season unless you know the other dude had an insane game or zero workload or something like that. But you're going to split them up and you just went with the quote-unquote backup first. Well, if, you, if you look at it as a carryover from the playoffs, I mean, Neuvert was the better goalie in the playoffs. So the last meaningful games the Flyers played, Neuvert was playing better. So maybe it was as simple as that. Speaking of lineup decisions that just... This coach, I, I, I love him because he keeps us guessing. Uh, but some of the, some of the stuff he's he, oh boy he's throwing out there. Why is is Belmar the third line center? That's a really good question. It's a it's an, a great question. I love Pierre Edward Edward Belmar. Let's keep him on the third line, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Stephanie Driver. <laughs> I mean, someone had to say something. My guess is that it's because of the World Cup. Like that's the only thing Probably. I can think of is that they watched him in the World Cup and they said to themselves, "Hey, maybe this guy could be really good if we give him good line mates." And I just don't think he is. No, like, I, I don't dislike Belmar, but I think he's a fourth liner. The idea, yeah, that, exactly. I love him on the fourth line. Yeah. He is a fourth liner. Like, to the me. idea that he's gonna miraculously develop offense to me is just so unlikely. The number you have here is great to me because I just keep seeing like Belmore is gonna add offense to his game, like a tenth of a point a game. So, <laughs> so in in the last in the last two seasons, there have been three hundred fifty two forwards who have played over a thousand five on five minutes. Out of those 352 forwards, Belmar is 341st in scoring efficiency. Like, is that he's bad? not he's not good at jumping. There's up. 11 guys who are below him. Seems bad. I think Boy Gordon might be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know who has a goal. <laughs> so I guess you just is the coach just thinking you can't use them together because you have no chance of scoring. Maybe possibly is that just what it is at this point? I think that they're just. Playing around with the bottom six to see what works see what until sticks. we're all it's, healthy. Because we all like, it, like of the seven or eight guys that they could be utilizing, 
in the bottom six. We like that group, and we like the, the of those the lineup to see if these are our toughest well, I mean, lineup. There, there's Chris Vandeveld. Sure, mm. and that's a whole other yeah, thing. But I wanted thing. I wanted to talk about the good things that came out of the Blackhawks game because all we did was talk about the bad things. Okay, Meet Reed scored another two goals. Yeah, what's going on with that? Why can he score now? He's back. Because I mean, no, we, yeah. we touched on <laughs> we touched on for now this already. He's back. For now, he's back. Yeah, and let's just enjoy go with it. it. Yeah, I gotta break out my Matt Reed jersey from his rookie year. You're I gonna think have you might. to. Mm-hmm. The weird thing about and Reed, then it'll be gone. The weird thing about Reed last year was like he drove play well. That that was the bizarre thing about everyone saying Matt Reed's cooked, and it was fair because he didn't <laughs> score. He but, just said meat Reed meat is Reed cooked. Is cooked. <laughs> <laughs> but he drove play Ew. like it wasn't a total waste of a season. He just couldn't put the puck in the net. And if if we look at it as this is just like a another way to look at the Matt Reed saga of the last few years. If we look at two years ago, he was hurt. We look at last year that he got unlucky. Maybe this year he's healthy and he's lucky and we could get a 20 goal season. Maybe. It's possible. Yeah, because he was good when we first got him. I already yeah. have this idea for when Shen comes back. Now, hear me out. Oh, boy. I already want to turn off his mic. <laughs> hear me I'm out afraid. on this. If you can see his face, you let's would be say, too. Let's say Matt Reed's not going to, I mean, he's not going to score three goals every three. He's not going to score 82 goals. You don't know that. But. Not with that attitude. <laughs> but <laughs> let's say you can get something out of him and Giroux and Simmons can kind of drag him along to another like 24 goal season. When Shen comes back, what if you had a HBK line scenario with the third line with maybe a Shen and a Raffle centered by Nick no. Cousins? I got no. What's wrong with that, actually? I, no. You have three lines that can't be stopped. I'm not mad at it. No. Let Braden have his own line, Steph. You should be all about this. I didn't uh, not want the to like third it. line. It's not the third that's, line. That's what, $8 million on the third line? <laughs> Yeah, but here's the thing. So more than that, aren't we supposed to be getting away from the whole idea that one, two, three, four lines have actual defined roles? Like the fourth line's not the grinder line That's anymore. The saying. third line doesn't need to be the shitty Hold line on, anymore. The penguins- so who do you have in the top six? You've got Matt Reed. Matt Reed is Reed. taking. I'm. I'm. Yeah. Matt, Matt Reed. The second line stays the same, which is Voracek, Konechny, and Couturier. I will say we went from like maybe sending Matt Reed to the minors three weeks ago to like, putting we, him on the we top were line. Shipping this may be going a little bit exercise. too far. Shipping like him off to Lehigh Valley or to the highest bidder, possibly a bag of Cheetos, to now putting him on the top line. I no. know. I'm just saying because the way it this works. Is, this is how Ronaldo ended up on the top line. This line okay. of thinking. Okay, whoa, 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 slow this down. This line of thinking. Let's not get but crazy. That was I'm the just... line of thinking by a bad coach, Craig Berube. And this is the line of thinking by no, This is the line insane of thinking. human being. I look, at, I look at a championship roster in Pittsburgh and how they did it. And they came at you in waves. Sidney Crosby, you know, best mm. player in the world, is expected to carry his own line. So, so you're had- able to shift that depth down. If you have Drew and Simmons with Reed, and you have the depth of that second line, that super fast skilled line with Couturier in the middle, and then you come back at people oh, with Shen, I'm Cousins, so with and Raffle, you have a really good line. Who's scoring on that Shen, Raffle, Shen, he had 26 line. goals last year. Who? It's his time. And Raffles does the four-checking. Uh, no, I hate everything Raffle about this. Raffle is a Redberg-like four-checker. Can, can you give words as to why this is bad? Or are you on their side? I just don't... <laughs> Like there's, there's. I know. Look, look. This it, is why I led with. Hear me out. In, th- when, in I, theory, I heard you out, and I think it's still insane. In theory, it could work if Matt Reed is good again, and I don't yes. think we. I don't think we know. We don't that know yet. Games. He's been good in three games. That does not mean he's going to be good in eighty two. Here's the thing, though. How old is Wayne Simmons? 27, I think. Yeah, so you have you have an average age for our top line of twenty eight years old. That's what that's what we're looking at here. I mean, it's fine. I mean, I mean, what? I mean, sure. Shen, is, Shen isn't that old either. He's what, like twenty six, twenty five. Shen's twenty four. No, he was out of our top yeah, twenty five. Oh, then he yeah. just turned twenty five in August. Yeah. Then okay. I'm just saying, no. <laughs> no, but here's the thing, though. So for Bill's scenario to work, Nick Cousins is in the lineup, but he's not in the lineup right now. <laughs> that's the other part of that's because the other end. Chris Vandeveld. That's there's uh, also Charlie. How did that happen? Explain and to Raffle me why this also is also not, but he's injured. 
you're the smartest man at this table. Please explain to me why Nick Cousins is in the press box. Because Dave Haxall really likes Chris Vanderbilt. Like that, that's the only way you can like. There's no, there's it. no reason, right? No, it's it's because yeah, it's Vanderbilt plays penalty right. kill, and because Haxall loves him. You need and, someone to kill penalties. But you can have somebody else kill penalties. That that's the thing with Vandevelde. Like, I don't think Vandevelde is a bad penalty killer. I don't think he's a particularly amazing penalty killer. He's he's just a guy. We talked about this last week. He's literally just a guy. And there's no reason why well now I guess there's a reason because Michael Roffel's hurt, but there's no reason why Michael Roffel can't kill penalties when he's in the lineup. There's really no reason why Nick Cousins shouldn't at least be tried to kill penalties when he's in the lineup. Like, there are guys that do not kill penalties now that should be given a chance to kill penalties because mm-hmm. their skill set seems to fit with what makes a good penalty kill. Wayne Simmons has gotten a crack the last couple nights on the PK. Uh, I've always thought Jake Voracek would be good at it just because he's got a good stick and speed, and it's really not hard to <laughs> it's really not hard to play the wing on the penalty kill. You get on top of the guy, and then you cycle back in. <laughs> we'll say I, that I to I, our PK over the past year. I know. The, I know. the risk with, with putting bad. star players in the penalty kill is they might get hurt. So, like, you always want to... You're blocking shots, and you could get injured, but, like... Somebody like Raffle or Cousins, they're not stars. You, you know, it, it stinks if they get hurt, but you're not dead if they get hurt. I've like always, you are if Drew or Voracek gets hurt. I've always wondered why Raffle isn't used for it just because he seems like that kind of player. He's a guy who is good in board battles, who can win a puck battle and clear the zone and get off the ice. He knows his role out there. Right before we were recording... Yeah, the the show that was in here before us, one of the guys came through and was talking so much trash about Michael Roffel, and I was getting really aggravated. If Michael Roffel's your biggest problem with this team, things are looking up. People who don't understand that puck possession is a good thing mm-hmm. are the ones that don't like Michael Roffel. Michael Roffel has been, I, and I'd have to go back through and see the exact numbers, but I believe Michael Roffel, since he's joined the Flyers, has been one of the 20 best play driving forwards at 505 in the NHL. Like, yeah, he doesn't score a ton, but in terms of pushing play in the right direction, there are few players in the NHL that are better at it than Michael Roffel. He is an excellent four checker and a really good decision maker. Yes. That's yeah, what I and see. He's with, strong on the puck. That's what I see when I see him. He's hugely underrated. And hugely. He's bigly. 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 <laughs> And he played all uh, all 82 games last year. Speaking of the bottom six, how did Lubomov do in his debut? Lubomov? Is that how, we, how do we say this, Charlie? Is, Lube, is, it, Lube, is it Lubby? Lubimov. Lubimov? Because like Haxall calls Lube him Lubby. Okay. This is why I've been we, calling him Lubby, but for other this reasons. This is why the Flyers... <laughs> Jesus. This, this is Flyers after dark. This is why the Flyers have stayed away from foreign players, because you just, it's impossible... It's impossible to pronounce their names Too with a Philly vowels. accent. Yeah. Uh, well, I can't pronounce names, period. <laughs> How did he look? He played uh, ten and a half minutes against Chicago. I didn't see him much on the ice, so mm-hmm. couldn't have been that bad. He was unspectacular. Yeah. He had, I couldn't point out like a, man, that was a great play moment. I also couldn't point out a man, he looked like terrible on that play either. He was just kind of there. I was going to say unremarkable, yeah. so I think you're summing it up for me there. Yeah. 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 It's he's just fine. there. Just I, the still, I still rather have him in the lineup than Vandevelde. Yep. Sure. Unfortunately, he's in the lineup over Cousins. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, that's just dumb. I just, I, I can't. That's just dumb. Speaking of dumb. Dumb. Anyone still concerned about about Giroux? No. Nope. Bad. Dumb people, baby. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you are you still worried about Giroux? It was after game one. Okay. Which is fair. <laughs> Which is fair. He didn't play oh, well. Oh, William. He has zero points at home this year. Don't steal my jokes. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I fully recognize that Kopitar, Dowdy, Muzzin, he draws, you know, maybe the toughest like shutdown matchup in the league right there. Which is what I've been telling you for the past six months. But that's his job. He's supposed to be able to produce against those guys. No one's going to put their worst defense out against your best player. Uh, that's his job. So, so, so I'm sorry. What you're saying is that the rest of the league considers Claude Drew our best hockey player bill i would think so okay just checking according to generalfanager.com he makes the most so people who oh more money equals better than i was gonna say you think that nhl coaches are determining talent based on salary i think some of them law so so they think that andrew Andrew mcdonald McDonald? is our best defenseman i think he was paid like it i think Uh, 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 i'm asking uh, uh, 
I think Paul Holmgren thought he was. Well, he's not here anymore <laughs> in any kind of real capacity. He is the president of this hockey club. It's a, very it's a fake job. job. It is, in fact, a and fake Giroux job. And Drew dominated against Arizona. <laughs> But of course, then you would say, oh, it's Arizona. Who cares? I did. That's I, exactly well, what yeah. I said. Well, you know what? Reading your I observations, care. there's all these numbers about how good he did. And I said, it's Arizona. They're barely a team. And then he Arizona came Arizona is a good hockey team. They will be a good hockey team. They're working on a Solid it. bone structure. Very <laughs> solid bone structure, in fact. Their GM's younger than me. There's no way they're any good. They're good. But then he came out and had a really good game against Taves and Duncan Keith, quelling my fears. Oh, look at this guy. Nice word choice. Reasonable. You know what I'm really excited about? Hmm. You know that whole secondary scoring thing that we haven't seen the past few years? Do we have that now? I think we do. I think think we're starting the season with it. Boyd Gordon had the first goal of the year. Right. This is exciting. We're seeing goals that are not from Jake Voracek, not from Claude Giroux, not from Braden Shen because he hasn't been on the ice, and not from Shane Goss' bear. And they're still 1-1-1. One, one, and one. I think this is exciting. I think this is the benefit of having a defense that can actually move the puck. How about that? Because when you had, when you had a point where the Flyers were rolling at four out of their six defensemen being... Nicholas Grossman, the good old days. Nick Schultz, Andrew McDonald, and Luke Shen. Back when being a blogger was easy. That, that, that there was a period where those were four of the six defensemen they were playing on a nightly basis. And when those were the defensemen, the only way the forwards were getting the puck out of the defensive zone and into the attack was if they were literally doing everything because the defensemen were not helping <laughs> no. at all. And lo and behold, the only forwards that were going to be able to score with the defense score like that were the Jerus and the Voracek. Those are the only guys that literally could do everything. Yep. The bottom six was like, oh, I guess we're just going to hang out in the defensive zone <laughs> because like, we're obviously not elite players and we can't do this on our own and the defense isn't helping. Well, now the defense can help. I mean, as I said, Boyd Gordon scored his goal because Brandon Manning took the puck up ice and created space for him. Like, they weren't doing that when Nick Grossman... Nick Grossman's probably had like five rushes in his life. <laughs> And maybe five goals. Um, well, the, when you mentioned the Adam Hall, days, that's the name I wanted to look for. I was just spent the whole my drop in the, the whole time you were talking. I was trying to find Adam Hall's name. Thanks, go good ahead, job. Steph. Yeah. You did good, Bill. <laughs> well, you're talking about the old days. Um, who who was in those bottom six in the old days? Sean Couturier and Matt Reed, who are now free to score, and we come full circle. And <laughs> we've come full circle. It is, uh, it's, all things are encouraging, even with the uh, the two losses, one of them in overtime, you know, <laughs> on the uh, on the record now. Uh, I am overall encouraged by what I've seen. This team's going to be a lot of fun. Like, watching the, fir- right up until Chicago's goal, I was thinking, man, this team's, this team can skate. This team's a lot of fun to watch. I wasn't, I was after the Coyotes game, I said, okay, let's see how they bounce back. And then they, you know, it's Chicago. They're struggling. And then all of a sudden, they throw those four goals up. This is a team that is going to be in every game because they have some firepower. There's some actual, like the depth, the secondary scoring. They can come at you in waves like they did uh, tying the game at four. Yeah, it's going to be messy because we're still technically rebuilding here. But it's going to be fun, messy. So... I think we're we're in for a fun year, I think. Haxel has them playing a style that they're maybe not quite good enough to play in yet, but god damn it, they're going to try. And that's exactly <laughs> what happened like in the Chicago game where the Flyers are almost trying to play like an LA Kings style, but faster. Mm. Like they want they, they play a lot of dumb chase just like LA does, but they have really tight gaps in the neutral zone. They're trying to break up plays and they're trying to send play back the other way. And no, they don't have a defense core with, you know, four really good defensemen. They don't have, you know, I, 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 they're not there yet because they're still icing guys like Nick Schultz and Andrew McDonald. But they're getting there. And Haxtell is not, Haxtell is not, you know, reeling them in and saying, well, we don't have the talent, so we got to play conservative. No, he's saying, go out there, take chances. You're going to make mistakes. But guess what? The talent's coming. And as more talent comes, we're going to get better and better at doing this aggressive style that will win us games against teams like L.A. and Chicago and Pittsburgh and Washington. Uh, I think it was in your observations after the uh, after the Chicago game, Charlie. I, I get why they play, why th- basically three of the four lines play dump and chase. Uh, why 
are connecting for Warcheck and Katoria dumping it in so much? I mean, I don't want them to. You, you, you want them to play a controlled entry tank kind of game. I think, because they did, in, in the LA game, they, they generated by far the most controlled yeah. entries of any of the lines. So I don't think it was tactically, like, that was the intention going into the Chicago game. I think they just weren't playing well. And when you're not playing well in the neutral zone, the only way for you to get the puck in is to dump and chase because there's no space because you're not creating space. Once they started creating space, lo and behold, they started creating chances, and then Couturier scored his goal. So off I think they're, they're going to try to do that. Off that beautiful play by Nick Schultz. That was nice. <laughs> Worked the give and go with Konechny to get in the zone. Great little backhand pass over to Couturier. Couturier finished a whole bunch of things I honestly never thought I would see. But it happened, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, offense as a whole, like we were just saying, Backing up the uh, scoring depth thing. Offense as a whole, averaging 3.66 goals through the first three games. Over one whole goal, better than last year. Wow. (laughs) Yes, I agree. Wow. Big if true. Talk about that. (laughs) I love the the talk about question. I think it's fun. No? Okay. No. I'm... There's not a lot to say there. It's it's we've, great. We've no, talked about these past awesome. three games a lot. I know. I know. Uh, I want to appreciate Wayne Simmons right now for a second. We should do that more. Because I love that man. Uh, he's just, he's the ultimate flyer. Uh, I'm so proud to own his jersey. Uh, if I could play like anybody, it would be Bobby Orr. But after him, Wayne Simmons. Uh, he was oh, taken, good. I'm glad we got that in tonight. He was, ta- he was taken with the last pick in the second round. Hmm? How does that happen? Like, uh, how? And, uh, I wasn't watching him in juniors. That L.A. Know. has him, and they didn't use him on the power play. He's one of the best power play players in the entire league. He's up there with Ovechkin in power play goals every year. Uh, uh, we we got extremely lucky. Is that all yeah, it was? Because really he was. Lucky. I, I think so. I always compare the uh, the Richards for Shannon Simmons trade to the Desjardins trade. Leclerc was just a throw in on that deal. We just happened to get Leclerc. The Flyers were trading for Eric Desjardins. Like, the Flyers were trading for Braden Shen. And like, yeah, let me get that Simmons guy, too. Might be able to turn him into something. And he scores 27 goals or more every year without fail. I think what's really neat about Simmons, and I'll, I'll tie this back to Giroux, one of the conversations we had last week was that it was possible that Giroux was maybe in his decline phase. You know, he's getting to his late 20s. Maybe he's starting to drop off from his peak years, which very well could be true. So so far, he's looked good, but it could be true. Here's the thing. Wayne Simmons is the same age as Claude Giroux, and Wayne Simmons just seems to be getting better. Like, every year, Wayne Simmons' game and his stats he and his something. overall package, it's improving as he gets older, which you don't see. Like, once in a while, it happens like a Joe Pavelski who, like, has an amazing breakout in his late 20s, early 30s. But usually, guys get worse as they get older. Wayne Simmons is getting better. Which Are you awesome. telling me I can improve my package in my late twenties? No. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Kelly. I am also a fan of Wayne Simmons, but I think if there's anyone that we're going to dangle as trade bait, it might have to be Wayne Simmons. Never. I, as somebody who's written like six, every time I've ever criticized the guy, he scores the next night. So like, I kind of made well, it a thing. Well, then maybe he'll get a hat trick tomorrow. After my <laughs> but I, I can't. I can never criticize him anymore because he's he's just he's turned himself into a complete player from somebody. He has, and I'm, I will never deny when that. When he first broke out, he looked like all right. He's a net front presence. Cool. He'll work on the power play. And it's he's added, he can score from outside a bit more than he used to. He's developed a little bit more of a, a shot. He's awesome along the boards behind the net. He's starting to kill penalties. His assist numbers have gone up. Just, I, 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 I love the guy. That's okay. all. That's all I can say. I like it. Uh, one more thing before we wrap up. I want to start calling Ivan Provorov comrade hockey. No. Yeah, I was, I'm I was, not a fan. I was watching the... Why... Uh, why? Because he wears number nine. I was watching the uh, the Red Wings home opener the other night, and they were honoring Gordie Howe, Mr. Hockey, and I thought, Provorov wears number nine. We should call him Comrade Hockey. No. <sighs> You're going back into the communism thing. <laughs> and, like, that's offensive to someone, Is probably. It? Really? To someone, probably. I don't know. Well, Not to me, but Everything's maybe. offensive to someone, probably. Quick, what Flyers player would you want to go trick-or-treating with? 
Claude Giroux. Jake Voracek. Mm. Andrew McDonald. Why? Because he would somehow fleece the people out of all their candy and probably not even be wearing a costume. No, no, he, he, would, he would back away from the door <laughs> yeah, so he, he could would. get all the candy. Yeah. Uh, have you seen our captain? Who ran away with the World Cup trophy? Like I am going trick or treating with that man. Plus, you would grab at least one butt before at the night was over. At least one butt. Yeah. I would go dressed as a cop, hoping he'd grab my ass. There you go. You know that's the strategy. Oh, Captain, my Captain. That is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thanks for listening, everybody, and thank you to Wildfire Radio for their hospitality. Go Flyers. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.